Hey friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you with another episode this week and let's talk about YouTube for your business. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, I hope you are all having a really great week this week. As I'm recording this, it is early December and it's a little little chilly, a little snowy outside, so I hope it's uh, good wherever you are on this lovely planet and whatever you're doing at this time. You may be listening to this episode next year and it might be like sunny and beautiful or you might be on the beach in some tropical place somewhere and I'm super jealous if that's the case. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, uh, you know, I hope hope you're having a great day. I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. And uh, yeah, today we are going to hit the third topic in my social media series all about using YouTube for your business. So those of you in health and wellness, some of you may have considered YouTube as a platform. Some of you may be like, YouTube? Is YouTube social media? It kind of is. Is YouTube something I can really use in my business? Like, do I have time for that? Well, maybe you do. So uh, let's, let's talk YouTube. So before I get too far into this uh, whole YouTube topic, let me just do a couple of administrative things here. First off, I now have show notes for all of my episodes. So if you go to my website, which is happylittlebiz.com and click on the reading link, there are show notes for the episodes there. Now, mind you, I only started doing this fairly recently, so you'll get show notes for the Candace Try series. There's also show notes for a few other episodes as well as the social media series. In there, I have helpful links, uh, links to listen to the podcast episodes, all that kind of stuff in there. So if I mention something in an episode and you're wondering to read more, just click on my website and uh, see what see what you can find in the show notes. Chances are I've put something in there, especially with these most recent episodes on social media. The other thing in terms of this social media topic is that I have a fun quiz you can take. If you've been listening to the other episodes, you already know this. If this is the first episode in the series that you're listening to, hey, I have a quiz you can take. If you go to happylittlebiz.com and look for the quiz link in the... Uh, in the header, in the menu at the top, uh, go there. Or if you go to happylittlebiz.com slash social, take the quiz, see what you think. You know, it's meant to be kind of a little bit fun and lighthearted, but it might give you some direction on which social media platform is right for you, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or whatever. All right, let's, uh, let's launch into this YouTube topic. So first off, let's talk about some statistics on the platform, as I always start with. There are 1.9 billion users per month with over 50% being female. Very interesting, right? Kind of not all that far off the other two platforms we just talked about, uh, you know, uh, Facebook and Instagram and the other two episodes I've released so far. There's something really interesting about YouTube as a platform, not just what I just said, but that's that no matter who you are, where you are in the world, for the most part, you've probably used YouTube. Whether... You have your favorite creators that you watch regularly and you're on YouTube almost every day like myself or whether you just watch videos when there's a specific thing you're wondering about, whether it's like a DIY project or just like how to do whatever, how to 
<laughs> how to fold a fitted sheet. That's a popular <laughs> that's a popular topic for uh, certain people in health and wellness to look up. That kind of stuff. You know, you, you can find that stuff on YouTube. You've probably used YouTube sometime, right? So this is where the platform really shines in comparison to other social media platforms. Everybody watches videos sometimes from little kids to seniors. And actually, speaking of that, this is a platform pretty popular with the older generations as it has almost no barrier to entry. You don't even have to have a YouTube account to watch videos. And they're suggested on you on uh, Google, sorry, when you search for things. Say so you're searching for how to f- fold a fitted sheet. Chances are a YouTube video or two is going to pop up in your suggestions of things to watch in order to learn how to do that. So if you're a senior and you're trying to figure out, you're like, oh my God, I've been trying to do this for 45 years. How do I, how do I fold this stupid fitted sheet? And you Google it, chances are YouTube's going to come up. So as always, I talk about controversies when I'm talking about social media platforms. So let's talk about those now. And I talk about the stuff so you have the knowledge and can make your own call, okay? I'm not trying to dissuade you from using a platform. I'm not trying to make you want to use the platform. I'm simply giving you the information so you can make your own informed, at least somewhat informed, because I'm not covering things in super depth, but just so you, you touch the iceberg on these things. It's up to the individual to decide. It's up to you to decide for your business, for your you know personal use, etc. if you're comfortable with the platform. So let's talk about controversy for a moment. So probably the first thing you need to know is that YouTube is owned by Google. If you didn't know that, now you know. So this can be a negative thing since some of the things that you or some of the things that Google has done are controversial. For example, they've been in the news recently about how they treat their employees and especially their female employees, right? That's one topic I've seen in the news quite a bit. And there's also issues around privacy in Google, just like there were issues with Facebook and privacy. So keep that in mind. It's one of those use your own judgment things, just like with everything else in life. Now, specific to YouTube, not just Google as like, a you know, a parent company, although actually the parent company is called Alphabet. But that aside, let's talk about YouTube specifically. Probably the biggest controversy on the platform itself is how certain content is being censored or demonetized or removed or sometimes all three of those in sequence. So we're going to talk more about monetization in a minute in terms of that, because I know people do get curious about that. Even if they start YouTube just thinking they're going to make a couple of videos to put on their website, they start to think, oh, hey, people make money on YouTube. Can I make money on YouTube? So we're going to talk about that in a minute. So content needs to be family friendly to be monetized. Otherwise, it will be either removed or marked as age restricted, which means it's you know, marked as being 18 plus. However, Google and YouTube have taken a fairly strict definition of what family friendly is. For example, and again, remember, we are talking about controversies here, you know, so it's up to you to decide how you feel about this. But very simple educational content from members of the LGBTQ2 plus community often get demonetized or flagged. Or content on a controversial topic like the fur industry or abuse of women in sport. Again, these are two things that have been in the news quite a bit recently. Videos on that to- on those topics will get flagged, even if it doesn't show anything violent or like bloody or like you know just like shocking. Even in the video, even if it's just somebody talking to the camera, giving information, sometimes the video will still get flagged. 
And too many strikes against your channel and it can end up being removed. And that's a problem, right? Because there, you know, again, let's go back to the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Some of them are literally just making videos that are informative, letting people know about issues in the community. There's nothing that I personally, I mean, maybe it's just me, but there's nothing that I'm like looking at going like, this is not shocking. Like I, I, like I'm looking at it going like, this is fine. This content like is not bad at all. And yet they are getting flagged. They're getting removed. They're getting their videos demonetized. They're getting all kinds of things happening with them. So that's something for you to be aware of. This is a pretty big controversy with YouTube. Creators talk about it quite a bit. So if you want to know more, because I'm not going to go into this any further, this this uh, podcast episode will be like four hours long. Just Google YouTube demonetization and you'll find literally hundreds of articles about it. Or you could do like YouTube demonetization LGBTQ if you want to know more about specifically that topic. But in general, it's not just that community, it's other people as well that are getting flagged, demonetized, you know, removed, etc., for what feels like ridiculous reasons. So that's a controversy for you to know about. So let's move on from the controversies thing, because like I said, I could easily talk about that for hours, because there's many sides to the story. There's a lot of things to consider. So let's instead move on and talk about setting up your YouTube account in case you do want to use YouTube as a platform. And I know a lot of you do. I think it's a great platform. You know, there are issues to consider, but there is, it can be a great platform for you. So setting up a YouTube account is actually really simple. It's linked to your Google account, which might be like your Gmail address account, or it might be a separate account you've created just for your business. You might find it best to keep a personal account and a business account separate, or you might not. I do that. I have a personal account where I watch all my different YouTube videos, like beauty videos and health and fitness videos and vegan recipe videos and all the things that I watch on YouTube. I do that with my personal account. And when I want to record something for my business, I hop on my business account just a personal preference thing. You do you, you can have it all on one account if you want. Now remember, you want to set up a username that fits your business or brand or you. Don't make your username like, you know, hot chick 73x. Like just, just, I think that's probably obvious to most of you, but just like think about that when you're setting up what your username is. There are people who started YouTube like a really long time ago and they kind of feel a bit funny about what their username is now because it doesn't really fit their brand. It was like something they thought of as a teenager that they thought was witty or cute or whatever. And now, now that they're actually using YouTube like as a business and not just for fun, it feels a bit funny having that username. So, and if you change your username, it's a whole like thing to, uh, to, you know, to move your account over to the new username. It's, I'm not going to get into it any further than that, especially since I can't talk about it from personal experience. I can only talk about what I've been told by creators. So yeah, um, when you're choosing your username, if it's on like the account you plan to use for business, just think about those things. Make sure it makes sense for your business and it's not like some cutesy name that has nothing to do with your business or even could be looked upon negatively. Like people are like, what? What is this? Um, so set that up. You also want to set up your channel info, like your location, your social media links, all that stuff. Make sure you fill all that out appropriately to, you know, what it is that you do in your business. Do set a description of some sort that tells people about your content and who you are. Don't just leave that blank. That is like, that is a prime location for you to let people know about your business. 
And in terms of visuals, other than the videos themselves, of course, you'll want to create a nice looking channel art. Um, that's like the banner, banner image that goes at the, the top. They call it channel art. Now, as always, Canva, and again, I'll link to that in the show notes, it's a great place for you to go for that stuff. They have templates for both your channel art and also for video thumbnails. Um, now, what's a thumbnail? Um, that's getting into the specifics of creating videos, but the thumbnail is what displays on the screen before someone hits play on a video. Having it be like a pretty compelling, like, like pretty as in visually nice, compelling image is much nicer than a random clip from your video in most cases. I mean, if you're posting a vacation vlog from like Bora Bora and it's like this, you've chosen like this stunning, you know, clip that you got of a video you took on the beach, then maybe, maybe don't bother with Canva. Just put the stunning image from Bora Bora. But for the most part, you're probably going to want to create some kind of really nice, compelling uh, thumbnail. And Canva can help you do that. They do have nice templates that you can use 100% for free. And you can just edit it to put your own content in, including like your own colors and whatnot. Now let's talk about who YouTube is best for. The first thing that it's best for is teaching your audience or letting them sort of come along with you, like vlog type style stuff, okay? Um, Video is better than a lot of other methods for those two things. So this is where YouTube really shines in comparison to all the other platforms out there, even Instagram stories. Instagram stories is great. YouTube is like an expansion of Instagram stories. Um, this is why vloggers are so popular, honestly, on, on YouTube and in general. And that's why there's millions of tutorials on, on how to do stuff on YouTube, because YouTube is really good for this. You know, sure, you know, there's other things on Instagram. There's mini documentaries. There's, you know, stuff like that. But it's probably not the type of content you'd be creating for your business, right? Most people are not going to be creating mini documentaries for their business, Honestly, video is a wonderful platform for letting people get to know who you are as a practitioner and a business owner more than static images or written word. So this is important. This is part of like when you are looking for a healthcare provider or a wellness provider, somebody who is going to be sort of intimately in your space you know, uh, whether it like, especially if it's like a psychotherapist or massage therapist, anything like that. People want to get to know you and feel comfortable with you before booking an appointment. Not everybody's like that, but a lot of people are like that. And this can help a lot. Video can help a ton with that kind of stuff. So once people get to know you, it builds trust. And that means they're that much more likely to call you and book an appointment. And that is exactly what you want. So now that I've talked about who YouTube is great for, is basically anybody willing to create video content and be in the video content, let's talk about who shouldn't use YouTube. Well, obviously, the opposite is true, right? That's probably the most obvious thing. Um, if you aren't comfortable being in videos, if you aren't comfortable producing videos, even like really basic ones, then YouTube is not for you, right? And if you aren't willing to put in the work to produce reasonably decent quality videos, then YouTube is not for you. So unlike Instagram and Facebook and another platform that we're going to talk about in, a few, in the next episode, which is Pinterest... YouTube has a higher barrier to entry. While I honestly don't feel you need to invest in super expensive equipment to get like a good production quality, you do need to take the time to learn about video production on at least like the most basic level, right? You can't just like 
turn on your your phone and start recording stuff and then upload it. Like you need to do a little bit more than that in order to produce a reasonably good YouTube video. And on that note, by the way, you can produce okay videos with your smartphone or most laptops as long as they're reasonably new. You don't have to invest in like a multi-thousand dollar camera in order to do it. Sure, you can get better quality out of a camera like that, but it's not necessary. But you do need to learn about, you know, things like bitrate and frame rate and resolution and like how to make your your um, smartphone videos better quality, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you don't need to become an expert by any means, but you need basic knowledge. Um, just while we're on that topic quickly of uh, recording videos from your smartphone, if you look up some of Casey Neidstad's stuff, he has some videos that he has produced purely using Samsung phones. Now, let me be clear here. Casey is a multi-talented director who has years and years and years of experience, who's worked in both like more traditional film industry as well as, you know, doing his own gig. So he has like the, the chops to kind of produce like the best quality you possibly can. But the thing is, it also proves that you don't have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars into a nice camera in order to get reasonable quality YouTube videos, right? So yes, he's got the experience and like he knows how to do the editing and stuff, but it's also something just to keep in mind. You don't have to have a fancy camera in order to make decent quality YouTube videos. You just need to know some things about how to make your smartphone work for you in terms of reasonable quality. And remember, we are in the current world of Wikipedia, and this is very meta, but YouTube videos where you can learn this stuff, and it's not that difficult to do. And there are also quite good videos on places like Skillshare. So if you already have a Skillshare account or you, you want to get a free trial, there's lots of those available out there. You can take advantage and you can learn about how to produce decent quality YouTube uh, videos with the stuff that you already have, with like the laptop and like the smartphone that you already own. So even though there is a higher barrier to entry doing like reasonable quality YouTube videos, it doesn't have to be something that is like super scary or that you know, you have to invest a lot of money and it's more taking the time to learn about how to improve the quality with what you have. Now, I could easily spend 20 or 30 minutes more talking about, you know, producing videos, that, but that would make a super long episode. I've actually produced videos for a course that I used to run about how to build your own website. Um, so I do have experience with this. It's not just me, you know, talking about talking about other people's experience. Like, no, I do have experience producing YouTube videos and I did not buy expensive fancy equipment. I did it all on my phone. So there are ways to do these things. Um, there's lots of little tips and tricks, but, uh, you know, if you are interested in making videos for your clients or people that you'd love to become your clients and book appointments with you, it is 100% doable on a budget. You do not have to spend a ton of money on this, but you do need to learn about the basics. You do need to spend the time. Now let's talk about getting your videos seen. Cause I think that's obviously a really important part too. It's, it's, it's why we're using, you know, social media, YouTube, whatever in our business in general. Successful YouTubers tend to combine two social media platforms, for example, like Instagram and YouTube or Snapchat and YouTube or whatever. 
What they do is they post a short preview to say Instagram and they link back to the full content on YouTube, whether it's like link in bio or whatever, to increase the views and engagement. This can be really key to growing your viewership on YouTube. Um, you can also do things like mention the videos on your website and a newsletter or even right in your clinic or studio or wherever you work. You could say like, hey, if you haven't seen our YouTube videos, follow our channel here. You know, you can do all that stuff. You have to do a little bit of promotion off of the platform in order to get your content seen. That is something to keep in mind. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily use two, plat two social media platforms. If you only want to focus on YouTube, you can, but you need to pair it with something else. A, a newsletter, you know, clients in person, put the address on your business cards, whatever. You need to get the word out there. Because... Unlike Instagram, where people are probably, you know, if they learn about your business, they're probably going to go to Instagram and see if you have an Instagram account. They're not necessarily going to go to YouTube and see if you have a YouTube account. That's not the same thing that people do. Now, mind you, if they Google your business, your YouTube account might come up, which is great. But yeah, I think you guys see what I'm saying. You have to somehow get out the word about your account. It's not quite as simple as on Facebook or Instagram where people often find the account anyway. Now let's talk about how often to post on YouTube. You need to be posting at least weekly if you want to see any sort of engagement uh, on your posts. If you want to get any sort of lift to your views. Um, if you're not posting weekly, YouTube kind of what people tend to tell me is that because I, I don't now this is this is going by research. I don't do a creator account like this. But what people tell me is that if you're not posting at least weekly, YouTube stops kind of suggesting your content like ever to, to people, even your viewers. So people who post more often than weekly do report they get even higher engagement. Um, but don't feel you need to do that. Once a week is good. It's a it's an awesome schedule, actually. And you could like do once a week for like a while and then like take a short break and then once a week for a while and then take a short break. That's that's doable as well. So don't don't feel it's like literally you have to produce 52 videos a year. You know, you could do a number and then take a break and then a number and then take a break. Right. So that's my suggestion in terms of how often to post. You know, you can do more often if you have the time for that. But once a week is generally speaking a pretty good schedule. Now let's talk about what kinds of things to post. So like I've said in other episodes, please understand this is a running list of just ideas to get you to get you thinking, to get, you know, the 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 ideal mill in your own head churning about what you could post to YouTube or whatever platform we're talking about. But if a suggestion I've made does not work for you and your business for whatever reason, because of regulations, because of personal, you know, interest, whatever, just throw it out. You don't need to use my suggestion just because I've made it. So the first suggestion I have is day in the life. That's probably an obvious one. So people like that behind the scenes look at you and your business. Um, day in the life stuff, what you're doing at the office or, you know, uh, what you do in between clients or what you're eating for lunch even, you know, you can, you can post a video that is sort of vlog style that kind of takes through a typical day at the office with you or day at the studio or day or whatever it is that you do. You could also post vacation or event vlogs. Now it is up to you to decide how much of your personal life you want to share. But let's say, for example, you're on vacation somewhere with a beautiful holistic center that you want to go to. You could do a video about that. 
you know, and this, it's the same idea with events. Maybe you don't want to vlog the whole thing, but get some clips uh, so people know what happened at the event and then you can put them together and make a video so that people get interested in the event and look for you at the next event, right? By the way, I'm using a term here that most of you have probably heard. Maybe you haven't vlog. Vlog is literally just, it's it's combining the words video and blog. If you've never heard that term for some reason, you know, now you know it. It's okay if you've never heard it, by the way. Um, it's just the idea, a vlog is basically the idea of like taking somebody through your day or taking somebody like along with you through it is what you're, through what it is you're doing during the day. Like vloggers, like they're the people that like have their camera out and they're like documenting different things that happen, you know, as they're walking down the street, as they're eating in a restaurant, as they're doing whatever it is they're doing. That's what vlogs are. So it's sort of a, a more casual type video than like a super planned, scripted, uh, sit down, you know, tutorial or whatever. So it's sort of two different styles that you would typically be looking at as health, wellness, or fitness professionals. You'd either be looking at doing vlogs or you'd be looking at doing more planned out content, tutorials, sit downs, whatever. So just that terminology in case you'd never heard of that. And another type of video you can do, speaking of like events and stuff that I talked about a second ago, is you could do a quick video to get people excited about an event that you're about to attend. So that's another thing you can do is just tell people about like why you're attending the event and why it's important to you or whatever. That's another idea for content. And of course, as I hinted to a second ago, another thing you can have as a video is teaching your audience something they'll value. So for example, here are some ideas for you. A stretching routine, a simple healthy recipe, self-massage for, you know, for your shoulders, your back, your neck, like whatever. How to use a foam roller effectively. How to run more effectively, like running form tips. Um, strengthening routine for knee rehab, like whatever. There are many, 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 many ideas for you guys. This is one of the areas that I think health and wellness people really shine. There are dozens and dozens of things that you can do that are helpful, like how to or, you know, DIY or uh, instructional type videos. So this is something you're interested in. You are definitely qualified to do these types of things. Um, and you think that if you think that that is something that your audience would be interested in, go for it. It's definitely something that you could do. The only caveat I will say is just be a little bit careful with not um, going too far off into a topic that you're not truly qualified to talk about. Um, for example, if you are, say, a uh, chiropractor, and you want to make a whole video about nutrition, just be careful because you're not a dietitian or a holistic nutritionist or any of those things. So it would be fine to give like general tips, but just be careful about that stuff. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Just keep your professional integrity. Don't post about something because you think it'll get views, but you know, but you're not really qualified to talk about it because that's not really fair, right? Be, keep your professional integrity. And the last idea I have for videos is interviews. So could you interview someone with helpful information your audience or clients would like to know? So let's go back to that example I just gave a second ago. Say you're a chiropractor and you want to talk about nutrition, bring in a friend who is qualified to talk about that stuff. And then you can have like sort of a chit chatty interview where you can talk about that stuff. You've got a qualified professional there to um, sort of 
back up anything you're saying as well as maybe like correct any like misconceptions right so that is an awesome way to put out a video about a content about content that you're not quite qualified to truly talk about you can bring somebody else in or another thing you can do is if say you've got like a fellow professional who does the same thing you do but they've got some extra information that they can give. Um, Say, for example, you're both massage therapists, but they specialize in pregnancy massage and you don't. You could talk about pregnancy. You could say like, I see pregnant clients, but my friend here, you know, who works at XYZ clinic is an expert on this. So let's talk about that, you know, and then you can bring them in and you can do a whole YouTube video on that. So it's good for your business because it gets you more visibility and it's good for their business too. So that's, you know, that's another really cool video idea that you can try. So let's talk about ads on YouTube. I almost said ads on Facebook, which is kind of funny. So the thing about YouTube as compared to the other three platforms we're going to discuss is that you can't run ads to get your videos more views. That's just not a thing. Um, you could run a Google ad to link back to a page that links your video. That is possible. So it wouldn't be on YouTube, but it would be on Google that people might get shown the ad. It's a little bit of a backwards way to do it. But there's no way directly on the platform to pay to have your videos get more views. I will mention, though, that the thing a lot of people talk about when it comes to YouTube is running ads on your own videos to make more cash. And I know this is something some of you are probably interested in because certainly when you hear about, you know, YouTubers who are making good money, You're wondering if it's something you can do too. I know I have had conversations with friends about this. So I'm not going to go into super depth with this topic because because I have created videos on YouTube, but I do not have creator like a partner account. In other words, I don't have an account for monetization. So I can tell you the basics that I know partly from seeing like how to sign up for a creator account, like a, sorry, monetization, like a partner, they call it a partner, YouTube partner account. Um, So I've seen like how to do it and I know creators and how they've done it, Um, but I don't have personal experience. So I'm just going to tell you the sort of the basics and then you can go off and research this more if it's something that you're interested in. Okay. I'm going to link some articles in the show notes for you so you can, you know, read more about that. So step one, if you're going to make money from YouTube is you need to do the thing I just mentioned, which is you need to apply for a partner account in order to do that, because they will not accept your application if you don't even have the minimum number. You have to have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 valid watch hours over the last 12 months. So if you are brand new to YouTube and you have zero videos and zero followers or like two followers or whatever, you cannot apply for a partner account. You need to have the bare minimum in order to do that. And why do they say valid watch hours? That's because you can't just go and like play your own videos on an endless loop in order to get 4,000 views, 4,000 watch hours. Please don't do that. That's shady and that's silly. You have to have like people actually validly like watching your watching your videos that just like just like on Instagram with all like the fake followers and like fake boosting of like uh, views and and, uh, likes and stuff. The same kind of thing can sometimes happen on YouTube and they crack down on that stuff. So you have to have like a thousand like valid followers and four thousand valid watch hours. Okay, 
Now, once you're accepted to the program, you are eligible to monetize your videos. So you'll need to create a Google AdSense account in order to collect your payments. So what you do is you link your AdSense account to your YouTube account. Relatively simple, but it's just something that you need to keep in mind. You are getting paid through a different entity than YouTube. Also, you need to follow all their rules about what can and cannot be monetized on the platform. These rules are fairly strict, like we talked about with the controversies, right? Um, some of it's obvious, like they don't allow explicit or violent content. You can't use music or video that you don't have, you know, the rights to. So you can't just say like, I like Ariana Grande's latest song. Let me put it in the background in my video. I think that'll be cool. No, because you'll get demonetized. <laughs> you can't, you can't use content you don't have the rights to. Okay. And there's also rules around privacy and children and all kinds of different things. I'm not going to get into that here. Um, but do look it up if you're thinking of trying to monetize your videos because there are rules and you do have to agree to follow them. But if you do follow the rules, you can put ads in your content and there's a variety of ways this is done, like from every X number of minutes on the video to just in the intro to the video before the video plays, there's other ways to do that. Now, the big question everyone wants to know is how much money can I make off YouTube? I want to make the big bucks. How do I do that? Well, I can't speak to that personally, like I said. I can only go by what I've been told and what I've seen in research. But the ultimate thing is just like most things in life, unless you have a big following and lots of views, you're not going to make a lot of money. So just like in, say, like you're you're starting from rock bottom at a job, like you're, you know, as health and wellness people who are, you know, self-employed and you're running your own business, it's a little different, but I'm sure all of you have been employed in the past. And like when you were a teenager applying for your very first job, chances are good you were not making six figures, right? Not that making six figures is the most important thing in life, but we're just talking relative here. Probably you were applying for like fast food minimum wage jobs or like working in retail minimum wage, working at a coffee shop, like something not super high paying. Even if it wasn't minimum wage, it probably wasn't like a super high amount of money, right? It's kind of the same thing here where like, you know, if you're starting at that bare, bare minimum thousand follower, 4,000 watch time, you're not going to be raking in the money. <laughs> Let's just say that. It's just like anything, you know? So on average, it it is around 8 to $10 that you're going to be making per 1,000 video views. That number that I've seen quoted, I've seen it a few places, that keeps in mind the fact that Google takes a cut, which of course they do, and that not every viewer is going to watch your ads. Some people use ad blockers. Some people skip ads and they do not watch them. Um, and so if that happens, you do not make money, right? And also be aware of what I said before. Just because you can monetize your videos doesn't mean that they'll stay that way, okay? YouTube can and will flag your content. I have heard of creators who create videos and there is nothing that they can think of in the whole like spiel about like what isn't isn't allowed on the platform that they've, they've violated. Like they, they're like, no, it's just a simple video. I haven't used somebody else's music. There's no violence. There's no sexual explicit content. There's no reason why I should be demonetized and they get demonetized within minutes of putting up their video. And the problem with that, of course, is that, yes, you can uh, dispute it. Like, and most people do. They dispute it. But the vast majority of your watches usually happen within the first 24 to 48 hours of a video going up. And that means that, like, by the time the dispute is uh, sort of looked at, 
um, and the video is remonetized, you've lost all your money anyway. You don't get anything in your AdSense account. God darn it. So yeah, something to keep in mind is just because you can monetize your videos doesn't mean that they'll stay that way. They may, I'm not saying this happens to everybody, but it does happen to some people where, you know, content will get flagged. So in other words, to be totally clear, you monetizing your YouTube account is not a get rich quick scenario for 99% of creators. Hopefully you realize that. If you didn't, now you know. You may have heard it's easy to make money on YouTube, but not really, not for mo- the vast, vast, vast majority of people. So finally on this whole ads and money from YouTube topic before I move on, because this is only sort of related to you guys as health, wellness, fitness business owners. It's just something I think you want to know about. So I'm going to, I'm talking about it. But yeah, all creators you hear about who make a lot of money from the platform, it's not really through their YouTube AdSense account, their Google AdSense account. It's through sponsorships. You may have seen this if you watch videos on YouTube regularly. You may have seen like, you know, this video is sponsored by blah, 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 you know, and then like they talk about, you know, how this, this is the best product I've ever tried or I love this website or whatever. Okay. So that's sponsorships where you know, we talked about this with Instagram, but it's where a company will give you money to mention them in your, you know, your video or do a review of the product in your video. And again, I'm not gonna go into this deeply, but it is something to explore if you're entrepreneurial and you wanna build a solid YouTube audience, you know, you know, separate from your actual like physical business, you know, like as a massage therapist, Pilates instructor, uh, yoga teacher, uh, nutritionist, whatever it is you do as a health or wellness professional, if you wanna build a solid audience on YouTube and, you know, make money off YouTube too, it is something you can definitely strive for. And I'll leave a link about, you know, uh, sponsorships and YouTube in the show notes as well, just so you can read a little bit more about it, because it's not something I'm personally experienced with. Now let's move on and talk about what software you can use to help make your life easier. You definitely need software if you are going to be on YouTube. You cannot just create a video and then upload it straight from your iPhone to YouTube. Well, you can, but I don't recommend doing that. You know, maybe like once in a while, if there's something you need to get out really, really fast and it's just like a quick bit of information that people need to know, like once in a while you could do that. But I don't recommend doing that on the regular for any reason, like really. Um, Now, we already mentioned Canva, so I'm going to leave that there. It's, you know, great for doing your uh, channel art as well as your thumbnails on videos. But also, you're obviously going to need video editing software. So if you have little to no budget and you are on a MacBook, iMovie is free and easy to use. I've used it. I like it. It's not bad at all. Now, if you have a PC, there's limited options out there, unfortunately. Um, what I've heard from PC owners is two things to check out that are free or super low cost are open shot and shortcut. So, you know, again, I'll leave those in the show, show notes if you want to learn more about those if you're on a PC. Definitely something that you can look at using to edit your videos. Now, if you have a budget and you uh, are interested in doing more of this like sort of graphical editing stuff, Adobe's creative cloud suite is something to definitely consider. It includes Premiere Pro, which is a video editing software that a lot of people like, and also includes other things like Photoshop and and, uh, InDesign and other programs that you might find useful in your business. Again, it depends on how techie you are, how uh, artistic, you know, how interested you are in learning some graphic design type stuff. 
Not everybody wants to do that. I get it. A lot of you guys as health, wellness, and fitness business owners are not super interested in doing that. But if you're on a low budget and you can't afford to pay somebody to edit your videos, you can't, or you can't afford to like partner with somebody to do those things, then you are at bare minimum going to have to learn how to use some sort of video editing software. Even if you never touch Photoshop, even if you never touch those other things, you're going to have to learn how to use video editing software at the bare minimum. So something to keep in mind. Um, the last one I'll mention, because I kind of almost forgot about it, is Final Cut Pro. So if you're on uh, a Mac, like you're an Apple user, uh, Final Cut is their uh, the more expensive software that uh, Apple has for creating movies. iMovie is great for basics. Um, it can do a lot, but a lot of people find that they just get more fine-tuned and better quality videos if they're using something like Final Cut or like, you know, Premiere Pro, right? So those are two things to consider if you want to sort of uh, pull out the, the big guns, as they say, right? So I've tried uh, Final Cut, I've tried Premiere Pro, and I've tried iMovie because I'm I'm on a Mac. Um, Final Cut and Premiere Pro do definitely have a steeper learning curve than something like iMovie, but um, like I said, they are worth it if you want more fine-tuned control over your videos. But something like iMovie, or I'm assuming I've never used them, like the Open Shot or Shotcut definitely like that is enough. You do not have to spend the big bucks on super expensive software in order to produce reasonable quality videos, right? And again, the other way to do it is if you're really interested in doing YouTube, but you don't want to have to spend the time on learning how to do editing yourself, like you just don't feel comfortable with it, you can pay somebody to do the editing, but you have to have the budget for that. So we're coming to the end of this fairly long video on YouTube. It's a little shorter than some of the other ones, but I think YouTube is a little bit of a different platform. It's it's really interesting platform though, definitely for sure. Um, I think my conclusion here is if you like video and the learning curve doesn't scare you, you are willing to learn to edit videos, you're willing to learn how to talk to the camera, how to do lighting, some of those things to make your video better, um, it is definitely worth exploring because people get a really great feeling for who you are as a practitioner and business owner through video, which like if you promote those right, it can really boost your bookings because people feel like they know you a little bit before they even come in and the comfort level is higher, right? But if the fact that YouTube is owned by Google and you're not so sure about Google, like if that really bothers you, maybe it's not the right platform for you. And of course, if you're not super techie and you can't partner with somebody who is, honestly, you're better off on another platform because YouTube, more than the other platforms we're talking about here, is quite techie. You do need to be at least somewhat comfortable sitting in front of your computer editing things for hours, right? Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And finally, of course, with my conclusions here, I do want to just say that YouTube can be a moneymaker for you if you promote your channel. Um, keep in mind that you probably want to combine YouTube with something else like YouTube and Instagram or YouTube and a newsletter or whatever. You definitely want to link the videos off your website because ultimately our goal is always to have people come and book appointments with us, right? Or buy our product if, if, you're, if you're more of a product-based business. Um, so keep that in mind as well when it comes to YouTube. It's not sort of a simple uh, upload a video and hope kind of thing. You, you do need to do some work in order to promote your videos and get them you know, seen by more people. 
All right, that's it for this big old topic of YouTube. I will be back again with one more episode on this social media series. We are going to talk about Pinterest, which some of you might be super excited about because you might use Pinterest all the time. Some of you may be like, Pinterest, why are we talking about Pinterest? But Pinterest is a very interesting platform because of how it works with SEO. So there's your hint. All right, I hope you guys are doing well and you enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back with you really soon. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.